It's International Day of Happiness. Since 2013, the United Nations has celebrated International Day of Happiness as a way to recognize the importance of happiness in the lives of people around the world. It's a day to be happy. The focus for 2021 is keep calm, stay wise, be kind. There are lots of things outside our control. Let's remember to breathe and focus on what really matters so we can respond constructively. Keep calm. Making wise choices helps everyone. Let's choose positive actions that support our well-being and help others to do the same. Stay wise. We're all in this together, even when we're forced apart. Let's stay connected and reach out to help others who may be in need. Be kind. Today I'm flying solo with Luke not being here, and I miss him already, but he will be back from April with our World Day for Autism. And I'm very excited to have Kim Potketa in studio with me. Kim is considered one of South Africa's leading authorities on holistic financial planning in the retirement sector. She is passionate about merging a client's goals and dreams with their financial plan to enable a life filled with inspiration, meaning and happiness. Her life's work is to share her learning about the relationship we have with money and to assist people putting money in its right place as an enabler of their life plans. Kim is a registered financial planner, a professional certified coach, a certified dare to lead facilitator, and a new money story mentor coach. Her industrial and clinical psychology degrees further enable her to assist clients in merging their money with meaning. She is a workshop facilitator, inspirational speaker, and active media personality appearing on television, radio, and social media channels. And she is regularly invited to speak at industry events and now is on Society Superheroes. Kim's mantra is, if I could hold the kaleidoscope of life in my hands and turn it ever so slightly, precisely in tune to each individual I meet to transform their specific life story into fulfilling and significant life, then I would be living my perfect life. Hello, Kim. Oh, on after happy, that happy on, after that introduction. <laughs> oh my gosh. Usually, Luke and I share it. So, but that that was that was a huge thing. And and Kim, I've been following you and all your writings, and I read your blogs, and and I'm always so inspired. And and I think people might be thinking, well, world of happiness, money. Like, why why have we put them together? So we had a little conversation before we came on air about why it is so important in terms of being happy to manage your money and not let your man money manage you. Karen, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I love these kind of conversations because I think the problem with money is so many people don't want to talk about it. No. And yes, money, happiness, how do we bring them together? But yet it's so important because money's around. It's an enabler and it's everywhere and it's it, it needs to be in its proper place to, to help us to be happy. It can't make us happy ever, but, but it, it does a lot of good in getting us there if we put it in its right place. For sure. Now, Kim, as we delve into this conversation, we discuss a whole lot of things around happiness. Um, you are a dare to lead facilitator. And in terms of the work that you do with Brené Brown, I'd like to delve a little bit into that just because I've looked at it from the peripherals, but it's already had quite an impact on my life. So can we just talk about the arena and people in our lives and, and, and the importance that people play? So, Karen, I just want to take it back a little bit. Great. Because, you know, just for the listeners, you know, we're saying dare to lead arena. Where does this all come from? I have been a follower of Brene Brown for, for many years. And for me, Brene Brown, 
just filtrates into every aspect of life. I went and to the States, trained within Houston, with always the intention that I wanted to share her work, but I wanted to bring in the money element to it. So it, it, it was very important for me because people, if they cannot work with their relationship with money until they've worked with their relationship with self. So that's hence why I did the work with Brené and why I bring it back to the clients' lives because it's so important that, that, that they're able to see that money and, and life do merge together. But back to the, the arena. So Brené shares a lot about so some people are not brave enough to go out there to do great things with their lives. It's better to stand outside mm. and, and, and be that like the peanut gallery. But for most of us, what we do in our lives is we are we're so scared to go and do anything until we're perfect. So we wait until we can get perfect. Or we're one of those people that takes everybody's feedback and anybody's feedback makes us go, oh my gosh, I can't do this. And, and we go back into our shells. So the whole conversation around this arena is come into the arena, but make sure you come with the right people. If you are relying on the cheap seats, those people outside who are going to hurl judgments and, and, and critics and all of that at you, then what's going to happen is you're never going to reach your full potential in life. So rather surround yourself, even if it's not a lot of people, but surround yourself with core people who get you, core people who will support you, who are there for you, as opposed to somebody that's going to criticize you. But I must just add one thing there. The, the person who's probably the biggest critic for most of us is in our own heads. Absolutely. I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking, I am my own worst critic. And I hold myself back, I think, from, from reaching potential that I could really reach because I'm holding myself back. Absolutely. And, and, and that is, is, is why people don't do, or they're not living their full meaningful lives. So, that so many people I meet are just existing. Mm. And, and it is, it's that little voice in your, in your head. So for me, even we bring this back to the money, the, how I tie it all in together is you need to get control of that voice in your mm. head. You need to actually silence it, tell it that you'll come to it, but actually at the moment you don't want to hear everything it's got to criticize you about. And then if that comes to your relationship with money, because most of us, before the age of seven, we've actually mm. formed our relationships with money, yeah. believe it or not. And yet we never think about it. We don't want to talk about it. We don't no, want to go it's there. just one of those things you do not talk about. You don't talk about money. No, it's, it, it, it's really, it's, just, it's, it's not something you do. But at, at the same time, we fight about it. We Where there's a will, there's it. a family, yes. <laughs> and we're stressing. I mean, how, the amount of effort that you put into stressing about money. If you had to, to use that time and effort of, 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 of doing it positively, of understanding your relationship, of working through some of those beliefs and realizing that they're not even true, you, you would be in such a better position than sitting going, I haven't got enough, I'm never going to have enough, I'm always going to be poor. Actually, I don't want to have money. Mm. Money makes people ugly. Money's a bad word, a dirty word. Can we also raise our sons and daughters very differently around the concept of money? And that impacts women specifically in later life in terms of they feel they need to rely on perhaps a man to make the money. And also they don't necessarily, and it, it comes to the whole gender thing where a woman who goes for an interview will very often not ask for more, which then throughout her life means that she'll automatically earn less than a male counterpart. How do we ensure that we raise girls and boys, not necessarily the same, but both with the understanding that they are equally able to make the money and they have to be financially independent. 
So Karen, I really believe it starts with example mm. because we can sit here and we can tell our children anything. We can say to our children, you know, darling, don't do it like me and do it this way. But basically, our children learn from example. Mm. And we, can, we talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and then they see us do differently. So for me, as, as a mother of, of sons and daughters, and I know you've also got daughters, it's been very important that my daughter saw me doing it differently. Mm. And, and I don't care, even if you've done it in one way for, for many years, you can always change. You know, when, when I speak to people and they say to me, you know, change is so hard, I, I agree change is hard. But the biggest way we're going to teach our daughters and the biggest way we're going to teach our sons, because it's teaching book, is from example. So it's starting with ourselves first. And then they, they're going to see from example. And I think they're so proud of us when we do make those kind of changes um, that, that, that we inspire them Absolutely. to do it differently. And you, you are 100% right. It is about teaching them perhaps not to do what we have done, but leading by example. So it's so very, very important. I'm very proud of my daughters and that they are both savers, quite unlike their mother. Well, we've got to, we've got, we, we're going to ch- – but let's change the wording. We're going to change you into an investor, not a, uh, not saver. a saver. You know, we also use certain words. Sure. Uh, you know, we, we've got sometimes with money, what happens is we, we develop this real scarcity mentality mm. about it. And we go into words like budget, mm. save, and they all have such spreadsheet. Negative, <laughs> you know, no, they all have such scary connotations to it that not a chance do I want to go near it. Whereas if we call it a spending plan, I want to just know what it is that you're spending every month, not not tell you that you are are on a budget. I I want, instead of you thinking that you've got to save every little cent here and there and scrimp, I want you to be investing. I want you to be thinking with more abundance. So a lot of it is is the words we use and and it's creating that different energy when we come to it and, and, and having it as your friend. I mean, I think my biggest goal for people and, and why I love this work and why I'm so passionate about it is I want money to be people's friends. Mm. I, I don't want it to be their enemies because when it's your enemy, it, 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 it's just in that wrong place. You're so right about that. And money can also make us very vulnerable. And this is another area that you work so extensively in terms of vulnerability. And I think too many people see vulnerability as weakness and it really isn't. How do we, how is it, do we, I'm trying to word this correctly, but but to be vulnerable without feeling that we are weak. So first of all, I think it's actually that conversation with yourself where, where it's starting. So allowing yourself to be honest, uh, having that conversation with yourself and saying, okay, so Kim, where are you really? What is actually your relationship with money? Where does it really fit in? And, and that is the number one step. And yes, when you're doing it, you feel very vulnerable. You feel, oh my gosh, I'm now totally exposed. But until you're comfortable to go there, you can't get to courage. You can't get to a place of bravery. So you've got to get there to be able to get to the next step. And that's why they say, so many people say vulnerability is weakness, when absolutely it's not. It's the first step to courage. So... So and we make ourselves more vulnerable, okay, if we want to be honest, or we make ourselves more in a situation of having no control when we say, I don't do money, somebody else mm, is going to do mm. money for me. And we kind of develop, I mean, back to Brené's terminology, we develop armor around ourselves. So we're protecting ourselves with all this armor. I don't do money. I'm not good with money. And in the meantime, if we can drop some of that, put some focus into it and put some attention into it, 
and you know what I always say, get a plan. If you've got a plan, you know where you're heading, you, 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 you're on course mm. with your money as, as opposed to being one of those people that just say, I don't do it. But then I mean, let me tell you, then money does you. Correct. So if you don't do it, it's going to do you. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Um, Kim, you you um, write a blog and, and your blog is, is fantastic. And I'd really encourage people to read it because it's it's very inspiring. And also there's a lot to take away from the blog and, and really, really think about. We will share links to your blog on our Facebook page. Thank but you. in um, one of your blogs that I, that I read about was giving rather than receiving makes us richer. And you quote Arthur Ashe where you say, from what we get, we can make a living. What we give, however, makes a life. And you, you are very holistic in terms of everything you do. So this is a part of your life that, that you're very deliberate about in terms of giving back. What does giving back do for you? And how can you inspire everybody to give back? Because I, I know I give back and it gives, it, it, it's, it's, it's a huge thing for me. How do we include that in our life plan? So when I work with somebody and we, we're doing a life plan, I always use the wheel of balance. And give back is one element. It's as important as any of the other elements. We as humans want to add value and make a difference. That's what helps us to feel fulfilled as well. So what I always encourage is to look at areas where you have a skill, where you have an interest, and where you, when you're doing it, you can feel that kind of flow. So I'm not somebody, and sorry to everybody who loves this, I'm not somebody who wants to work at the SPCA and wash dogs. I want to work with people and I want to, more from a mentorship point of view, I want to share around it. And because I had such a dysfunctional home life around money, I'm particularly wanting to work with women because I want to empower women to, to, to see that they can do it. And then that helps men in the same way. So my message around give back, it's, about, it's going back to your purpose. It's going back and looking at what have you come here for? Where can you be making a difference? And give back, there's so much opportunity in this country. So much opportunity. So much opportunity. And it's, it's not sitting there saying, again, it comes back to that arena, oh, I'll leave it to somebody else. Mm. Somebody else is going to do it. You can do it. And, and it doesn't have to be this massive difference. I remember when I started my blog, and the thought went through my head. Well, I'm so pleased I've got one, one reader of my blog. Are you reading my blog? <laughs> yes, I've read lots of your blogs. And, I, and I, they, they really, they just provide food for thought. And for that, I'm grateful. So thank you for your blogs. I do read them and I enjoy them a lot. Thank you. So when I started writing them, I, I had to say to myself, well, if one person read them and I made a difference in one person's life, I had done something good mm. that day. And that's always been my philosophy. You know, I, I've opened Women in Finance Network, encouraging more women to become financial planners, to have a support network. I do a lot of talks, um, you know, for organizations, a lot of the day to lead work, just to actually, um, how could I say it, help people get exposure to all the beautiful opportunities I've had. I'm a very, I'm, I love learning. Yes. So I'm out there learning all the time, going on all these courses. And I love your bucket list that when you turn 50, you had your bucket list for when you turn 50. Have you achieved all of those things on that bucket list? I have, and I'm only 52, but you know. But that was <laughs> I, what I understood was that was for your 50th year. For my 50th year when I went to Brene yes. in the States. I went to Chip Connolly in Mexico. I had a wonderful opportunity of going and seeing um, Andre Bocelli perform in Italy. Oh, you see. He was, and you I see went, I've seen him in South Africa, but I just, I have to see him in Italy. Well, I, I was on to. his farm in Italy when, okay. I, when I went to his. And then my final one was a cooking course in Greece with my girlfriends. And all of those things I could only do 
because I'd invested. So, mm-hmm. so I, I think I need to stress that you need to put the focus in what is your money for. Um, and not all money is for retirement one day when I retire. A lot of it's for now. A lot of it is so that you've got freedom of choice, so that you can decide when you wake up in the morning what you want to do with your life, whether it's studying, open new businesses, get out of relationships that aren't working. It also, it also costs money to give back. And if we're not in control of our money, it, it actually can sometimes be a barrier to entry. I want to tell you an interesting story. I, you know, I work with a lot of people in retirement. Yes. And um, for so many people, then they think, well, I've got enough. So they work Mm. out, if I get to X amount, then I've got enough and I don't need to carry on doing anything. And I have seen that that absolutely can destroy them because they lose their purpose. And I always challenge them and I say, if you've got enough and you don't need to carry on working, but you can still add value and you can still earn an income, why don't you look at giving that income that you earn to people that don't know how to earn money and can't earn money. And in that way, yes, you don't need the money, but you're good at earning it. So now share it. Mm -hmm. So very much that brings them back to the give back. And I've seen that really work for people. And give them a a whole new lease on life and and just purpose, which is so exciting. So we're going to go to to the Greeks, to Aristotle, because you obviously mentioned that you went on the Greek cooking course. So Aristotle argued that happiness is the only thing humans seek in and of itself. All our other wants and desires ultimately contribute to our happiness, while happiness itself is the end goal. Isn't that perfect? It is beautiful. Perfect for, for our, our Greek um, cooking course and, and, and really managing money rather than money managing us. A lot of cultures sort of collectively work on happiness. So they'll do things as a culture to, to promote happiness and to be happy. We've come out of a a period, and, and we're still in it, I wouldn't say we, we're completely out of it, a period of of anxiety, of stress, of fear, of a lot of people have lost all of their money or they have to completely change the way in which they do life because their circumstances have changed so much. How can we look forward as we come out of this very challenging period and realize, well, over this time, my financial situation has changed completely, but that doesn't mean I should just give up. I can now just do life differently. So my, my new book's coming out. It's actually going to be in the bookstores in April. It's called Midlife Money Makeover, and I'm looking at the midlife transition. And I do believe so many people coming through out of this period need to do a makeover. Yeah. So the exercise that I do, and I can give it to you to put on your website, because I think it's a really good one, is actually just doing a bit of reflection. So stopping and saying, okay, let me have a look at, it's kind of like you're packing a suitcase and what are you going to take with you for the next chapter? Same, post-COVID, what do you want to take forward with you? And in order to pack your suitcase, in order to pack, work out what it is you want going forward, it's first of all to look at what's been working and to be grateful and to say the following things have worked. The next part that for me is vitally important is to say what hasn't worked. What am I going to chuck out? Because we cannot go forward until we can take out some of the stuff. So we need to rid some of those beliefs. We need to rid some of those things that we've held ourselves back. You talk about voices in our heads and all of that. We need, so get rid of all of that so we make space for what's coming that's new. So the list is three lists. What's coming with me mm. that, I, that I'm grateful for? What am I getting rid of? And what new are we going to bring in? And, and I encourage people to do that about their relationship with money, to actually have that whole reflection story and, and, and say to themselves, I don't want it to be the same as it was. If it wasn't working, why carry it on that way? 
certainly has been a very, very difficult period, but a period in which we can now, as you say, push the reset button and, and do life differently. And, and maybe that's our learning that's has got to have come out of COVID and also as we move into this next um, in the middle COVID period we're not out of it um, we're not as as unsure as we were um, but I think that that's fantastic advice Kim in closing your final message to our listeners and I hope there'll be more than one as you said if only one person read your blog so I hope, I hope that there's more, more than more one listen. yes <laughs> I hope your children and husband will listen I oh, will make sure okay thank you <laughs> So my closing message would really be um, to, to, to take control, to give it focus and, and to make it your friend and just see what the outcome is. And be happy. Mm-hmm. Just be happy. And you know what it also is? It's not this aspiring to this one day, this one day mm-hmm. then that's going to happen. It's now. Today is the only day. And, and if, we, if we, we can get into that kind of thinking, I, I mean, I believe in goals and I want you to have goals and I always do. But at the same time, it's that appreciation for what you have today. It's so important. And then you'll just notice things differently around you. So on our Facebook page, please go and have a look. We are sharing all of Kim's details, a link to her blog, a link to more information on her fabulous new book, which I can't wait to read. Um, Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Our next podcast is on World Down Syndrome Day on Sunday, the 21st of March. We are in conversation with Rob and Amy Portman. Please subscribe today so that you don't miss a conversation.